Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook United Methodist Church. On behalf of our associate pastor, Reverend Jennifer Casey, who's on vacation this week, and our senior pastor and preacher for the day, the Reverend Mary Jo Yakel, we want to welcome you to Stony Brook Church. We'd ask you just to take a moment to fill out the online connection card. We appreciate knowing who's worshiping with us. If you're on Facebook, simply click on the connection card link where you can register your attendance and also share any prayer concerns or pastoral care needs that you might have. If you're watching from YouTube or the Stony Brook webpage, just go to stonybrook.church forward slash together and click on the gray connect card box. I want to let you know about our church-wide fall study. It will be Latasha Morrison's book, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation. It's a nine-week study and begins the week of September 20th. Now, many of our small groups are already signed up to do this study. You can check with your small group leader. Or if you'd like to be a part of a new group, if you simply go online and check the box there or call the church office, you can sign up. We have our pastors are going to be teaching on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The study begins with the belief that real change starts when honest conversations happen. Check our website for more information. Next Sunday, uh, the Gahanna Community Free Lunch will be um, at Peace Lutheran Church, and it's our Sunday to serve, and it'll be a to-go lunch, and so we invite you to simply go on our newsletter to see what things are needed. You can sign up to give us a hand. And today is our fifth Sunday uh, special offering for the United Methodist Children's Home. You may donate online, and this is one of the ways that we provide support for our partner in ministry. Bridge to Hope Through Prayer is a ministry we have here on the campus. We invite you to simply stop by uh, to the front of the building, the back of the building, or down by the prayer labyrinth, and there are four by eight sheets of plywood. They're painted white, and they're an opportunity for you to come and simply share a prayer or a prayer concern, bring a Sharpie, write it on the wall as we share together in this common prayer ministry. These are the announcements we have for you today. We invite you to pause now and listen as Christina plays for us our prelude, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty.
Will you join me now for a moment of prayer? Holy God, we come to this day, into this sacred moment and this sacred space, aware that your holiness is always around us. As Moses before us, when we turn aside from our daily tasks and we listen for your holy voice, speak to us in holy mystery. Surround us with your wondrous love that we might be wise enough to understand your call and brave enough to follow your path. Amen. Our hymn today is I Am Thine, O Lord. Eldon Sheffer comes to sing for us now. Kristen here for a children's moment. Uh, you see I have here in front of me, a, this is a game, it's called Jenga. It's one of my favorite games to play. And the object of the game is to get your opponent to knock over the tower of blocks. And how you do that is you try to remove certain blocks from the tower and then stack them on top to make it difficult for your opponent to then remove their block and stack it on top without knocking over the tower. And as you go along, it gets more and more difficult to keep the tower upright. Well, it kind of, this game kind of reminded me of a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples, with his friends. One day, Jesus warned his disciples. He said, one of these days, I will be taken from you. I will be made fun of. 
I will be hurt and I will be crucified. But on the third day, I will rise again and I will have victory over sin. Well, one of his friends, Peter, the rock, didn't really like hearing that from Jesus. After all, Jesus was his friend and he didn't want to hear that Jesus was going to be hurt or crucified or that they would lose their friend. I mean, that made Peter very worried and very sad. And so he told Jesus, Jesus, there's got to be an easier way. Just, you know, pray to God and he'll find a way out of this mess. But instead, Jesus said to him, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're thinking about the things of men and not thinking about the things of God. See, Jesus knew that God had a plan. And even though Peter wanted to find the easy way, Jesus knew he had to go the hard way, but that God was always with him. Being a disciple of Jesus isn't always easy. Sometimes there are stumbling blocks in our way. It isn't easy, but the reward is great. Let's pray together. Father, help us to be willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We know it won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pause now as we take a moment for our morning prayer. Praise to you, Lord God Almighty. Though the world around us might be in turmoil and filled with change, there is one thing that we can count on. You are the king of creation. And so this morning we lift your name on high with our voices, our prayers, and ask that you intervene to help us lift your name with our very lives. Over and over again, you have taken pains to warn us of the dangers facing us, but we confess that we have often ignored your warnings. You have sent prophets and apostles to remind us of the connection between love for you and love for your children. You made them partners with us in the gospel of reconciliation, but we confess that we have preferred to honor ourselves. We have praised partnerships with our lips, but practiced individualism in our daily lives. So deliver us from our contentious and ambitious habits. Forgive us for becoming stumbling blocks instead of stepping stones. Accept us just as we are and then restore our oneness with you that we might rediscover our oneness with our brothers and sisters and indeed with all of creation. Today we lift our voices to you, the living Christ, who by your life, death, and glorious resurrection paid it all for our sin and brokenness. We owe everything to you and thank you for washing away the sin and stain in our lives. It is with joy and hope that we claim your love and offer ourselves to you. It is with humility that we ask for your help for our brothers and sisters in Louisiana and Texas. 
Send your spirit power to comfort and encourage the victims of Hurricane Laura. Hold the families of those who were swept away or crushed by the fury of the wind and the waves. Sustain the many whose homes were destroyed or damaged. Give them hope in the midst of the wreckage. And give us compassionate and generous hearts to share in the recovery and reconstruction of these coastal towns. Send a spirit of calm and understanding upon this nation, Lord, that is torn by the ongoing strife of racial disparities resulting in shootings, victimization, isolation, fear, and injustice. Give us the heart and courage to listen deeply, care compassionately, and then to act boldly. Help us to learn to take up our cross and bear it gladly as we follow your footsteps, even if it means following you to suffering and a calvary of our own. And even though we might falter or fail, we know that in the strength that only you can provide, we will see victory, for the battle ultimately belongs to you, Lord. Our hearts go out this morning to the sick and suffering among us, Bring healing, hope, and grace to those who are in the hospital, suffering at home, or confined to long-term care. May your strong arm bring a victory of grace, no matter what the struggle. Help us all to receive your many blessings with tangible gratitude that can become living stepping stones to form a, a path of hope for those in need. Help us to be creative and compassionate as we continue during these pandemic days to fulfill our commitment to love you, O oh God, to love our neighbors, and to serve the world. Grant us a fresh vision of our neighbors and ourselves as creatures fashioned in your image. And then, dear God, send us forth to perfect that image. We pray these and all of our prayers in the strong name of Jesus. And following his instruction, we call you Father and pray with one voice. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now Eldon comes to sing for us, Jesus paid it all. it white as snow 
to claim. I will wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as With gratitude in our hearts, we worship this hour. Would you hear these words from the gospel according to, Mo to Matthew uh, for the way in which we journey through these words, remembering that at some point it was decided that these words would encourage the generations to come. The 16th chapter, beginning with the 21st verse. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to be my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The sacred and holy word of our Lord Jesus Christ offered for you, for your consideration, 
and for your transformation. Amen. Will you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servants speak to these, your beloved ones, who understand Peter's desires, but are your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The fascination of the word stumbling block is something that comes and sits with all of us if we hear these words coming from Jesus. In an attempt to make this a three-dimensional kind of experience, the story was told on how at a certain point in our country's history, there was deep concern about the presence of evil and being overwhelmed by other people doing terrible things and trying to figure out how to discern who was good and who was evil. The experience was further unfolded that a test was created so that it could be understood who was filled with evil and who was filled with goodness. And so the test looked like this, a very large millstone. And I would pray that at some point in your life, you actually get to see what a millstone looks like and what its power is and what its weight is and how there's a hole in the center of it. For back in that time of test and trial and deep concern and worry and panic, People who were in need of clarity took a rope, threaded it through the hole of the millstone, and proceeded to tie it around the neck of the person who seemed to be filled with evil and ugly and harm. The next part of the test was that this person with the millstone tied around their neck was then thrown into the lake. For it was believed that if the person was filled with evil, they would float to the top of the water and be known for what was wrong in the world in that community. If the person was innocent, they would not float. In an interesting way, the young ones who were being told this story immediately grabbed a hold of it and said, then everybody loses. And that was kind of the truth. Jesus is speaking with his disciples and trying to help them get ready for a really hard time where it's going to seem that they are losing. And he is telling them to hang on. We're going to go through this, and we're going to find the way. When exploring this scripture with people whose minds are incredibly intelligent and well-trained, it became evident really quickly that there are multiple understandings about what Jesus is saying at, towards the end of our scriptures when he says, for the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of the Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell 
tell you there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man returning in his kingdom. All of a sudden, we're sitting in the middle of theories and premises about what does time mean when Jesus says, there are going to be some people who are going to see this, and they're alive. And all this idea of the confusion of time just inundates us and, and takes our souls, and who is right and who is wrong, and can we tie a millstone around something and throw it into the water so at least we know what floats and what doesn't? Time is, time is a powerful tool. And it takes our hearts and it takes our souls and we insist on trying to bend it to our desires, to our needs, this thing called time. And yet every time it does seem that we think we get a handle on it, it blows us out of the water and we're sitting in a season where we have more time on our hands than we know what to do with, or we don't have enough time on our hands and we don't know what to do with it, and we're just stuck and we're stumbling around and we're blocked There was a woman who was hired by a university and brought in so that she might help a department that needed to shake upside down for a while till it found a new way of calling itself to order. In six months, she had that department heading in a brand new direction. I had the wonderful privilege of listening to how it was happening and also caring for her as a sister of the faith. And I said, how do you do that? How do you take a group of people who are so entrenched in what they know is right and turn them upside down so that they can be freed to use the gift of time and their knowledge and power forward even though they're scared? And she said, pretty simple. That's the way to get my attention. Pretty simple. She says, I use the rule of now. I can use the rule of now. I can do right now and be fine with it. And she said, no, 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 it's an acronym. The N does stand for now. When you're talking with somebody and they say, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we did this particular project with these three people? She stops the conversation and says, let's get them on the phone. Okay, I'll do that when I get back to my office. No, 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 you missed the understanding. Now, let's call them. Let's do it right now. How many times have I said, you know, I really ought to reach out and care for this person in my church, or I ought to reach out and talk to my family, but I don't do it now. I wait till sometime else in the future. Now is the only moment you've got. The second letter of the word now is an O. 
Because the reality is, is that you can't always do it right in this moment, but you can make a very clear declaration that at two o'clock I have an hour and I'm going to do it then, and I will text you and let you know that it's been accomplished on this day. The third element of the word now is a W. Because sometimes this moment simply won't work. Sometimes the day has been scheduled. But if you decide when it is going to happen and declare it to each other, the power of working together magnifies the ability. This woman walked into a messy place and in six short months, took a group of people into a sense of ease and intention and ableness by simply living the word right now on this day and when will it be? Time is a tool gifted to us by God. I don't always understand it, but it is the gift. I do understand that I like to have my results when I'm invested in them. If I could do a certain behavior and get an immediate reaction, I'm all about it. Do I have anyone who wants to say amen out there? I like my results. But my time may not be God's time. Her name was Ellen. When I met her, she was about this big. She was full of all kinds of energy, and every time she walked into the room, the entire room knew that Ellen had arrived, and it wasn't fun. Ellen was loud. Ellen was angry. Ellen had been carefully taught by many adults in her life that she had no worth. So anytime she walked into a space, she let it be known that she was there. The church that walked with her in great faith poured themselves into her. They had mentors assigned to her. We tried to speak with her father, who was her primary guardian. We consulted with teachers so that we could help her with homework. It list just went on and on of all the things that we were doing for Ellen. And we saw no change. She stole money from the church. She helped people break into the church. She was just not fun to be around. And let me tell you, there were never a time that we ever left one adult be alone with her because she knew the problem of that. As it is common in life, the moment came where I was called to leave that gathering that nurtured and loved Ellen. And the last time I saw her running down the street, I went, oh, Ellen, what's going to become of you? Because I predict nothing good.
Annual conference is a wonderful place to go find people, to gather together, to, reun to have reunions with friends. And I was standing in Lakeside at the conference gathering area, and all of a sudden I could feel energy bouncing down the aisle. The reason I can feel it is because I think I'd rather bounce down an aisle than walk. Or at least when I was a child, I bounced a lot. So I knew this energy was coming down, and I happened to turn and look. And the vibrant, beautiful woman bouncing down the aisle planted her feet in front of my face, and I went, Oh my. She goes, do you remember me? And I went, no. And she grinned and she said, I'm Ellen. <laughs> and I laughed. First of all, Ellen, what are you doing at annual conference? Second of all, why are you You are a surprise to me. And she went on to talk about what was happening in her life. And, and, then, and then she dropped the rock. And she said, oh, by the way, I'm a pastor's wife. <laughs> I almost couldn't stop laughing. You see, in my time, in my way, in my frame of bringing whatever good news that could be given to her, I had dismissed Ellen to the hell that was cruising around her. But God did not give up, nor did God abandon her to time God stayed with her, and in time, this young woman figured out who really cared about her and ultimately the reality that she mattered. You see, in this moment of Scripture, it's not the time that caught my soul. It was how it was that Peter last week was the one who testified aloud and boldly, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And here in the scripture we read today, he is getting in the middle of the work that the son of the living God had to do. And Jesus took his arm of love and guided him from being in front of him to helping him understand that disciples follow the way of their Lord. Stumbling block, stepping stone. It is my hope and prayer for us at Stony Brook that first of all, we will always attend to being stepping stones for any who needs to be introduced to the concept that God loves them. And we will encourage each other to know that it doesn't matter what we see, what we can tally up in our lives, 
It only matters what God does in God's infinite timeline. My prayer for us is that God will find us faithful. Amen. Dear friends, at this point in the normal service, you would be given a chance to respond to the way in which God is using song or word or prayer or hymn or scripture or proclamation to encourage you. You would get a chance to respond, to say, this matters and I'm with you through your tithes, your gifts, your offerings, your prayers, your witness. You are invited to respond to how it is that God loves you. Amen. We often join together in a benediction that is familiar for you all. It is new to me, and yet, it has already seated itself in my heart. May these words of benediction encourage us forward. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Be at peace. Amen.